0: Welcome to A Baha'i Perspective. I recorded an interview with Catherine Key on May 24, 2017. Catherine's a singer-songwriter who has recently produced a CD called What the Fire Is. Her whole discography can be found on SoundCloud, which I'll post the address for on the website abahaiperspective.com. In the interview, we feature songs from her various releases, including a couple of rough demos of songs that she hasn't released yet. I started the interview by asking Catherine what was religious life like growing up.
1: I initially was raised with nothing. My father's family is Jewish and my dad is an atheist and my mother's family is Christian. And then my parents divorced and my mother married an Israeli guy who wanted her to convert to Judaism. So she and I converted to Judaism when I was five. And from the age of five, I had a Jewish education. I went to Hebrew school, I had a bat mitzvah, I took a year of Hebrew in college, so basically my background is Jewish with a smattering of atheist and Christian thrown in.
0: And did you carry your Jewish faith with you as, into young adulthood?
1: Yeah, yeah, I became a Baha'i when I was 26 years old. I was in graduate school at Stanford at the time.
0: And what were you studying?
1: I was working on my PhD in immunology.
0: Aha. So you're a scientist. Yeah. So what were the circumstances that you ran into the Baha'i faith and eventually became a Baha'i?
1: Yeah, it's really funny, actually. So there were a number of things that happened around that time. Just by way of background, my mother's mother was a Baha'i. but I obviously was not raised Baha'i, and my grandmother didn't teach me the Baha'i faith proactively, but she taught through her deeds, and if I asked her a question about it, she would answer it. And she passed away when I was a freshman in college. When I was in grad school, I was dating this guy, and we decided that we were going to start shopping around for a spiritual home. And around this time, he was talking to this guy. He was working in in a laboratory at Stanford who was a Baha'i and invited him to a fireside. So my boyfriend said, do you want to go to this Baha'i thing? And I thought, oh, I can learn more about my grandmother. So that's kind of how I first got interested in the Baha'i faith.
0: Now, that's interesting because you said you and your boyfriend were shopping around for religion. Did that seem to imply that your Jewish faith wasn't enough for you?
1: Yeah, I became disillusioned with it in college for a number of reasons. And so I wasn't really affiliated with any faith community at that point. And actually, it's kind of funny because the first time we went to a fireside, we came back and kind of debriefed afterwards. And he was like, what do you think? And I was like, the people were nice. The ideas were nice. What's all this God stuff? That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> so so I was I was really almost an atheist at the time.
0: What transpired such that you were able to accept the Baha'i Faith as your faith?
1: Well, there's two kind of versions that I have of that story. So one version is that over time I realized that the Baha'i Faith answered all the questions that I hadn't even realized that I'd had about religion. Also, that my heart was way ahead of my head when it came to the Baha'i faith. And I became a Baha'i kind of as an experiment. Like I I had learned through a conversation with a friend who wasn't even a Baha'i that I wanted to be a Baha'i, but I still wasn't really sure. (laughs) So I said, I'll try it. So that's one version of the story. And then the other version of the story, which I think is equally true, is that my grandmother made me her first project in the next world and basically just put various tests and opportunities in my path to expose me to the Baha'i faith because I was really going through a lot of very heavy tests around the time that I became a Baha'i. And I I might not even have been open to it otherwise.
0: And how did you go from basically not believing in God, to accepting a faith that was very God-centric?
1: It was hard, and my first year as a Baha'i was difficult. I decided that I was going to try and follow the laws, and so I started seeing the daily obligatory prayer. Baha'is choose one of three prayers to say every day, so I was seeing one of those prayers every day. And I was reading a lot, from the Baha'i scriptures, and I think those two things transformed me. I struggled a lot with the idea of God. I kind of rationalized the Baha'i faith to myself around the time of joining in the sense that, well, there was this one turning moment for me when I was at a Baha'i meeting when people were talking about something, God this, God that, and I finally just burst out in the middle of the conversation and I said, what is God? And someone there said, God is the unknowable essence. And I was like, okay, that makes sense to me. Nobody actually knows what God is. God's a something and we just don't know. And that was satisfying to me. Then the next thing that I was really struggling with was this idea of a manifestation of God, because in the Jewish faith, there's a lot of prohibition of idolatry and focusing on humans and that kind of thing. So the whole idea of a manifestation of God is very hard to accept from for somebody from a Jewish background. I kind of rationalized that in the sense of saying, well, if there's a God and God is omnipotent and God chooses to communicate to humanity by way of this being called a manifestation of God, then God can do that. Because God is omnipotent. <laughs> so it was kind of like this logical thing where in my heart I didn't really get it. In my mind, I'm not really sure if I got it, but I rationalized it to myself. I think that over time, by putting into practice the Baha'i laws and teachings, I've just come to learn to trust Baha'u'llah. That even if I don't understand something, if I do my best to put it into action, then the wisdom of it becomes apparent. And it was through that process that I really became deepened in my faith, really just by putting the teachings into action.
0: So I was introduced to you from the perspective of you being a musician versus being a scientist. So how did music play into your growing up years?
1: Well, I've been doing music ever since I can remember. You know, when I was very little, I used to sing to myself all the time. I wasn't known for having a particularly good voice, (laughs) but it was something that I enjoyed. And I started taking piano lessons when I was around eight. And I did that all the way through until I graduated high school. And I was in choir in school and stuff. And then in college, I was in a choir. I was in an acapella group. I was in musical theater. So I continued doing it. And then in graduate school, I took some classes at the local community college in jazz vocal performance. So I continued it. It was clear to me from the very beginning of when I started interacting with the Baha'i community, people let me know about the importance of the arts in the Baha'i faith and in community life. And so I knew that that was going to be an avenue of service for me. And it's actually because of becoming a Baha'i, I took up the guitar because I knew that that was going to be an easier way to serve through music than through piano, because guitars are portable and pianos are not that portable. So I actually took up guitar just so that I could serve the faith, and then taking up guitar is what led to me actually starting to write music. So it's because of the Baha'i faith that I'm actually a singer-songwriter.
0: Now, we're going to showcase about seven songs, and are these songs all from one album? I can't remember.
1: No, I have two albums. The first album is called Intone, and all of the songs on that album the lyrics of those songs are quotations from Baha'i prayers and other Baha'i writings. And then my second album, which came out a few years ago, is called What the Fire Is, which is a line from a Baha'i prayer. But most of the songs on that album, while the themes are inspired by my understanding and interaction with the Baha'i teachings, most of the songs are lyrics that I
0: wrote. Why don't we go ahead and showcase these songs? So the first one is called "What the Fire is." So why don't you describe that one for us?
1: This song is based on a prayer, the first line of which is, "I know not, O oh my God, what the fire is, which thou didst kindle in thy land." This is the only prayer, Baha'i prayer that I'm aware of that starts out, I know not. And I really like the fact that it starts out, I know not. To me, what this prayer represents is really the transformation of the world, that the fire in this prayer represents the flames of transformation of human civilization. And the prayer talks about how Earth cannot contain or quench the flames that God kindled. So it's a very powerful prayer. And I feel like in many ways, it's my most complex and advanced composition as a musician. And the reason why I wanted to start with this particular song is that this year, Is actually the 200th anniversary of the birth of Baha'u'llah, the founder of the Baha'i Faith. I live in Washington, D.C., and I'm on a program committee for our celebration of this. While we haven't finalized a musical program, when I first started thinking about music for the bicentenary, I really thought about this song because the bicentenary represents a celebration of the possibility of what. Baha'u'llah brought to the world this transformation of human society to a society of unity, a society of justice, a society of peace and harmony. So I wanted to start with that.
2: kindle Unable to approach it while others thou didst keep by eye, reason
0: of what their hands have wrought in. Whoso hath
2: hasted towards it and attained unto it hand in his eagerness to gaze on thy beauty yielded his life. Never cloud its splendor, no water quench its flame. Earth can never cloud its splendor, no water quench its flame.
0: next song is called Witness. So tell us about that one.
1: Yeah, that's another one that, in my mind, is associated with the Bicentenary. Now, the lyrics to this song, this song is from my first album, Intone, and the lyrics are two quotations from Baha'u'llah about the importance of the age that we live in. So the lyrics say, This is the day on which it is incumbent upon everyone that seeth to behold and every ear that hearkeneth to hear, etc. This holy, this exalted and all highest name. And then the second quote is, the whole human race hath longed for this day. So it's really about the importance of this particular time in history when human society is going to be revolutionized. And so again, I associate this song and these quotations with the bicentenary and the celebration of what Baha'u'llah has brought for this day.
0: So the next song is Rose of Love.
1: Rose of Love is a most of my fans' favorite song of mine. <laughs> I think it's the most popular song that I've ever recorded, or I should say the most popular original song that I've ever recorded. This song is based on a quotation from Baha'u'llah that says, In the garden of thy heart, plant not but the rose of love. And I was asked to sing this quotation many years ago at a friend's wedding. Some other people had said it to music, but I didn't really feel like the music was appropriate for a wedding. So I said it to music myself. And it's actually a little bit funny because the first version of this song had the same or almost the same chord progression, but it was actually an R&B tune. And this tune is a ballad. It's a slow song. So I played it for my friend and she said, do you think maybe you could do something slower? (laughs) So I, I actually rearranged it into the form that you hear it now. And one thing that's really nice about this recording is the beautiful, beautiful jazz piano part that was played by Carl Wakelin and the background vocals by... My good friend, Chris French, who created the background vocal arrangements, which are just so beautiful.
2: Action Down
0: The next song is called Plexiglass.
1: Yeah, this one is on the What the Fire Is album. And this is another one of my more popular songs. Lyrically, it's a very complex song. I'm almost afraid to tell you what it's about because I don't want to take away the opportunity for the listener to make their own interpretation of what the song is. Actually, it mixes my own lyrics, which were a reflection of a particular spiritual test that I was going through. And it mixes those with a couple of lines from quotations from Baha'u'llah. It's almost like a puzzle because the first quotation that you hear is love me that I may love thee. So this is God telling humanity that in order for his love to reach us, we have to love him. It's almost like a question. Like, how am I supposed to love God? I don't know what or who God is. So how is it possible even for me to love God? And then the answer comes in another quotation that says, turn thy sight unto thyself. Again, this is God speaking to humanity. So he's speaking to us. Turn thy sight unto thyself that thou mayest find me within thee, mighty, powerful, and self-subsisting. So it's, it's almost like the answer to the riddle is in this other quotation.
2: In the eye of the storm, all is quiet. Here I am all alone I see you through the plexiglass Reach in and lead me home What do you want? daunting. He said, love me that I may love thee. Love me that I may love thee. If thou lovest me not, my love can in no wise reach thee. If thou lovest me not, my love can in no wise reach. Probably should be angry with you. I know I should be angry with you. Probably should be angry with you. But I see me in you, hand of God. God or Love of you My heart needs glass It's God and I'm confused He said love me that I may love Love me that I may love thee If thou lovest me not My love can in no wise reach thee Thou lovest me not, my love can in no wise reach thee, oh God forgive me, he said, turn thy sight unto thyself, turn thy sight unto thyself, that thou mayest find. Lovest me not, my love can in no wise reach thee. If thou lovest me not, my love can in no wise reach thee. He said, Love me that I may love thee. Love me that I may love thee. If thou lovest me not, my love can in no wise reach thee. If thou lovest me not, my love can in no
0: Now the next song is called Closer to Life, so tell us about that one.
1: It's one of my most recent songs, and what you're listening to is actually a demo recording that I made on my phone, so it <laughs> <laughs> unlike the other ones, it hasn't been professionally recorded, and it's not smooth and beautiful and instrumented, and it's not actually available for sale anywhere. You can find it on my SoundCloud, but that's the only place that you will be able to find it. I've Become more and more engaged in racial justice issues in the United States in the past couple of years. And this song reflects a lot of my feelings and reflections about the struggle for justice in the United States and kind of a cry for progress in the movement and a cry for having a spiritual perspective to the movement. I really wanted to share this with people. I feel it's such an important issue. While it's not a Baha'i song, it demonstrates, I think, the importance of justice, especially racial justice, within the Baha'i faith. There's blood in the sky now.
2: There's blood in the streets. Another child dies now. The hands upon these. There won't be no Christmas for his mother today, and no power on earth can erase her pain. Meanwhile, next door, another mother prays that her sweet, loving husband will come home today. He's one of the good ones, a good daddy, too. But people don't know that when he's wearing blue I've got to turn off the news, Facebook and Twitter too I can't take another minute of the day without love in it I've got to hang on to hope, justice, peace, they ain't no joke got to rise up in your name, cause in our hearts we're all the same me anchored closer to life soothe the anger and calm the strife show me the beauty of each new day lay down my heart lord and lead the way it's time for healing it's time for truth it's time for justice led by the youth can't let another red day go by we can't let another child have to die Brothers and sisters, let's say as one The kingdom come now, that will be done God never wanted for us to fight Lay down your guns now and sing to the night Keep me anchored closer to life Soothe the anger and calm the strife Show me the beauty of each new day laid down my heart, Lord Please lead the way on. Keep us anchored closer to life Soothe our anger and calm our strife Show us the beauty new day, we lay down our hearts, Lord, please lead the way.
0: The next song is called Gleam. Tell us about Gleam.
1: So this is kind of a fun song. This is a song about really wanting to purify yourself. So the first line is, Take me to the pressure wash. You know? So it's kind of a somewhat humorous song about really kind of being frustrated with my own imperfections I particularly like to play this song around the time of the Baha'i fast. The Baha'is have a period every year when they fast from sunrise to sunset, very similar to Ramadan in the Muslim tradition. So during the Baha'i fast, I kind of like to play this song for people because it's a song about purification, which is one of the purposes of the Baha'i fast. I really like punk rock old school punk rock I wanted it to have kind of a punk rock feel and I think that was successful in the arrangement of this song
2: take me to the pressure wash These daily tears are not enough to clean the crud off my heart Put me through some strong chemicals in white hot heat scrub and scrape me shine and buff me till I glow do the pressure wash These daily tears are not enough To clean the crud Of my heart This line of goo and rust and gawk.
0: selection that you chose is called My Lamp. So tell me about that one.
1: This is another one that hasn't been released and is just in a demo form. I wanted to include it because it's a very simple song musically and it's nice to teach to kids. It's really about the light of God within each of us and that we should shine. I thought it would be nice to kind of close with this one.
2: Thou art my land, and my light is in thee. Get thou from it thy radiance, and seek none other than me. For I have created the rich and have bountifully Shed my favor upon thee Shed my favor upon thee Thou art my land and my life is in thee Get thou from it thy ray seek none other.
0: Catherine, where can people find your music?
1: Well, if you go to my website, www.justcat.com, and that's J-U-S-T-K-A-T, there's um, a link to where you can buy my music. It's also available on iTunes and Amazon and Nine Star Media. So as long as you spell my name correctly... K-A-T-H-A-R-I-N-E-K-E-Y. You can probably find it at the distributor of your choice.
0: Another question I often ask interviewees is, what do you think their life would have been like if they had not become a Baha'i?
1: You know, Warren, I don't want to be too dark, but I'm not sure if I'd still be here. I really think that Baha'i faith saved my life. And I also feel very strongly that everything good in my life I owe to Baha'u'llah, the music, my career, my friends, my community, everything good in my life, I can trace back to something in the Baha'i teachings that helped me to overcome my own weaknesses and move forward in a way that was healthy.
0: Yeah, you had made reference earlier on that coincident with you investigating the Baha'i faith you were going through Quite a few tests and difficulties. Yeah,
1: Yeah, that's actually a major theme of the album, what the fire is, is about tests and arguing with God and
0: (laughs) the
1: the gifts that come out of tests. Music and the Baha'i faith have really helped me to get through so much.
0: Well, Catherine, I want to thank you so much for sharing your music with us.
1: Well, thank you so much, Warren. It's been a pleasure talking to you.
0: After concluding the interview, Catherine wanted me to convey the following. Catherine works in international public health, and so she travels a lot for work. Whenever she travels and has time, she likes to contact the Baha'i communities and offer to give musical presentations on Baha'i themes. She says it's a special bounty of work travel to be able to meet Baha'is all over the world and provide some service. In the past few years, she's mostly been visiting Africa, but she's also performed in cities across the U.S. as well as Australia. She's put together musical presentations on Baha'i activities for neighborhood transformation, tests and difficulties, the spiritual destiny of America, and a general introduction to the Baha'i faith. She says that if anyone is interested in hosting one of these gatherings, people can contact her through the contact form on her website at www.justcat.com. That's J-U-S-T-K-A-T dot com, justcat.com. I'll post the link as well on the website, abahiperspective.com, which is also where you can find the archives for all the interviews for the program. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by searching for A Baha'i Perspective. I'll finish the hour by playing more of Catherine's songs. For information specifically on the Baha'i faith, you can go to the website baha'i.org where you can call the toll-free number 1-800-22UNITE. I hope you join me next time on A Baha'i Perspective. (music)
2: Stone. Ooh, you laid the cornerstone. You led us with courage and sacrifice With integrity, wisdom, and good advice Brick by brick must need sooner or later exercise its influence upon his soul